and welcome to episode one of the No Business Talking About Games podcast. I'm your host, The Wonder Waffle, and I'm here today with Shantmaster K. Hello. Uh, for a hopefully exciting first episode of the No Business podcast. Uh, we want to start off just talking about uh, who we are and what we like to do. Uh, we are not games industry insiders. We are not games journalists by any means. Um, we are basically just games enthusiasts. Uh, and we'd like to tell you a little bit about what our interests are so you can kind of understand uh, what kind of background we're coming from. And uh, Shant, what are you? What kind of games do you like to game? Well, like you said, my name's uh, Shantmaster K. Uh, most most of the games I like to play, game type wise, is uh, RPGs. Uh, those are my favorite kind of games, such as like Elder Scrolls, Assassin's Creed, Mass Effect. Those are kind of my you know big series that I play. Uh, and I do play a lot of FPSs like Modern, or Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, well, I would argue that like uh, Assassin's Creed and and even to a certain extent Mass Effect, at least starting in Mass Effect Two, aren't really RPGs anymore. But um, I basically like playing everything but RPGs. Um, I also don't like really simulation driving games. Uh, but besides that, I've I've been able to uh, appreciate and have fun with uh, pretty much every other kind of game. Um, I'd say. I really do. I, I like the Assassin's Creed series. I like uh, first-person shooters a lot. Uh, Gears of War is pretty good for me as well. Um, and I pretty much like everything, uh, as long as it's fun and good and yeah. uh, not super frustrating. Yeah, if if, if it's good, I'll, I'll play it. I'm not, I'm not afraid to try new games. But Yeah. Um, actually, that's something I want to try to do this year is, is try to play maybe one of those kind of more simulation games. Uh, racing games but uh i don't know maybe i'll pick up like forza 3 or something and and give it a shot with that um but yeah so this is our new podcast the no business talking about games podcast and uh we're we're calling it that because we are not in the games business and uh to the lay person we don't have any business talking about games um but we we thought it would be interesting and kind of exciting to see if if anyone else is interested in the same kind of things that we are and would like to listen to us talk about them for a while. Uh, so we'll start out with our uh, first segment today, uh, which is what games have you been gaming? Shant, what games have you been gaming recently? Well, I've been putting a lot of hours into uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Uh, about, I have about over 50 hours of gameplay. I know it's kind of puny compared to a lot of other people that have been putting 100 hours in at least. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've been playing that. Um, still, I don't think I'm even halfway yet with all those hours in. Uh, there's so much to do in that game, uh, and I've also been playing Assassin's Creed Revelations. Uh, I'm about halfway done with that game, also. And then uh, I've been playing the crap out of Modern Warfare Three. Yeah, uh, I've fallen off a bit on, on Modern Warfare Three at this point. But uh, what is it about Skyrim that you find so fun? Because uh, I I know that I uh, did not really like oblivion very much i did enjoy fallout 3 although i didn't i haven't i intend to go back to it but i haven't gotten that far into that game either but the uh the fantasy setting just does not interest me very much is there anything about skyrim that you can persuade me to give it a shot well in rpgs what i like to look for is uh you know open world and skyrim is massive like uh there's so much you can do, and like I said, people have been putting over like a hundred hours in at least, and you know that's how much uh, time you can put in, you know. So, 
And uh, you know, for for me personally, I love I love the fantasy, you know, medieval kind of kind of uh, theme. So that's what really gets me into it, also. All right, so not not much to persuade me about. That. <laughs> um, I, I'm curious what you're thinking of uh, Assassin's Creed Revelations as well, because uh, I've played a bit of that. Um, I think I'm through like maybe the the second memory sequence, and uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that game. Uh, well, I think it's starting out a little slower than most of the Assassin's Creed, but uh, yeah, it's I ma- mainly the, I'm just doing like the main storyline. Like yeah. I haven't really gotten into any of the side quests. It just seems like uh, right in the beginning, there's not much you can really do besides the main uh, story. But uh, I think how far into that game are you? Uh, I think I've put about ten hours in. Um, like what? What sequence are you on? Um, I don't know what the town's called. <laughs> well, I think there's just the one town. I forget exactly what it is. Um, the thing I noticed about that game is that it it just seems like it's just not as polished as the rest of the Assassin's Creed games have been. Um, granted, it's been made. It was made by like six studios out of Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Um, they had it kind of outsourced, uh, doing asset creation kind of all over the world, and they've kind of developed a formula to make those Assassin's Creed games on a yearly basis. And up until now, they've been uh, really good, especially uh, Assassin's Creed Two and Brotherhood. Um, but with Revelations, I've actually noticed even uh, in terms of frame rate. It seems like the game really chugs a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really kind of disappointing to me, and uh, the the Desmond sequences that occur outside of the Animus, right? Well, technically inside the Animus. Right. I haven't finished it yet, so maybe there's some sort of huge story thing that I don't know about. But uh, all the Desmond things that are taking place uh, when you get into the first person mode, I, it just seems like a kind of a really dumb, poorly implemented platformer. Um, that said, it's still a pretty enjoyable game for me. It's just kind of disappointing that it's not as good as uh, Brotherhood was because Brotherhood was such a great game. Yeah. And I'd like to try to get into the multiplayer a little bit. I've heard that it's it's an improved multiplayer experience over Brotherhood, and I thought that Brotherhood certainly showed a lot of potential, but uh, I haven't had time to get into that yet. So yeah, I really enjoyed the multiplayer for Brotherhood. Um, but, yeah, as you were saying, like the Desmond scenes, like so far what I've played – uh, you basically don't do much in them. You just you finish your mission, and then you just if you don't have enough of like those little memory things to get into, yeah. the, you just go ahead and get back into the story. You don't really do yeah. much with Desmond. And, and the fact that you have to get those those what are they? They're are they just little memory pieces? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. The fact that you have to get those in order to do that that part of the story, and that it's kind of a collection mission. Um, it just it, it doesn't sit well with me, especially because as far as I can tell, there isn't like any way on to indicate on the map where those things are. Um, do you, it, what, is there somewhere that you can figure out where all those things are, or do you just have to kind of stumble upon them? Uh, no, I, I, well, if I, there's a bunch of guides online, but if, well, if... But, yeah. Yeah, you just... Yeah, there's nothing that you just nothing have to stumble on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, especially because, uh, like in, in Batman Arkham City, you have the same thing with the Riddler side missions, mm-hmm. uh, but, but you can... Uh, well, and that, that actually only happens, uh, I believe, once you've beaten the game. But you can actually start to shake down thugs, and then they'll give you the information to where all the Riddler trophies are. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, which I think is really cool. But it's it's kind of a frustrating trend that they're that developers are locking this content behind uh, collectible missions. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've never really enjoyed doing collection missions, and uh, I'd like to see the story 
that they've that they've put in the game, but it's sometimes hard to. Um, what what what's your favorite Assassin's Creed out of the series? You know, it's uh, I I think actually in terms of story, my favorite is Assassin's Creed Two. Um, okay. But I did I did like a lot of the gameplay in Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Yeah, Brotherhood's um, probably my favorite. Um, yeah, it, it actually seemed like there's some like I've had some real trouble climbing buildings even <laughs> in in Revelations. Um, that kind of reminds me of Assassin's Creed One in terms of how poor it it kind of does what I want it to do. Like a lot of times. I don't understand why it even allows you to jump a distance that you would die from, if that makes <laughs> sense. Like, if there's something I'll else that's that's next to me, why do you not assume that that's the thing that I want to do right. instead of jump off the ledge and, and die? Um, granted, in this one, they've got those parachutes. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's part of why why it's not working as well as I'd hoped it would. And you got the, the hook blade there, so you can... Have you gotten the hook blade yet? Yeah, yeah I, I, I have that. Um, all right, well... I guess now I can talk about uh, what I've been gaming, and essentially what I've played uh, most recently is I uh, finished L.A. Noire. Uh, have you played that? No, uh, I have shit? not. Started it. Um, it's it's a pretty interesting game. I think it's I think it's gotten really overrated in, by critics. Um, I don't think it's as good of a game as a lot of people do. Um, the facial uh, animation. I think is really effective in terms of, of making you feel like these are actual characters, mm-hmm. but I don't think it really looks real at all. Um, it, it There's just too much jankiness. The polygon count is too low. It's not, uh, it's not this photorealistic game that I think a lot of people were kind of making it out to be. Um, and in terms of gameplay, it's, it becomes really procedural and really formulaic, especially toward the middle third of the game. Um, toward the last third, it, the story starts to kind of really heat up. There, you, you aren't going through cases in such a procedural manner. You're not just trying to solve cases, but there's actual um, story beats that you're kind of going going through. And at that point, I think uh, the game gets really pretty interesting. Um, but but it's very rarely the gameplay that, that is interesting. Uh, there's some gunfighting in the game that's just really poorly implemented. Um, there's no ammo... Uh, counter there's no reload button to the best of my knowledge hmm. um and it's kind of this cover based third person shooting that that just doesn't work so great yeah. um that said i i did uh pretty pretty well enjoy the game um i think i put maybe 12 hours into it i didn't do any of the side quests i had my partner drive to all the locations um uh, but it, you know, I I'd be totally okay if they do not make a sequel to this game. And uh, given the uh, disbanding of Bandai Studios after uh, some kind of scandalous working condition reports, I'm, I'm I wouldn't expect there to be another L.A. Noir or N.Y. Noir, you know, New York Noir, or whatever. Yeah. Um, the other game that I've I popped in last night was uh, Crackdown Two, which. Uh, have you played that at all? I, I played the first one, and I was not a big fan. Yeah, I, I played the first one and liked it pretty well. Um, but this this second game is just kind of terrible. Uh, it's it. I feel like it's actually worse than the first one in almost every way, which is kind of amazing that they were able to make a game that bad. Um, it's it doesn't have kind of any of the characterization of the bosses. Everything is just is just in as much as the in the first game uh, all the 
all the bosses were kind of formulaic and you'd go and you'd take down the five uh the five kind of gang leaders and then you'd go in and take down the main boss uh in in this one everything just seems to kind of be the same level there is no kind of low level people it's it's all just kind of there's only one uh one gang that you're going against um and it's it's really kind of amazing how much worse this game is than its predecessor uh so not a whole lot to say about that i i hope to finish it but i i don't know if it's something i'm going to prioritize as i've still got uh the single player of battlefield 3 i've still got uh assassin's creed revelations to play um i've still got duke nukem to forever to finish oh god uh, which is <laughs> which should certainly be exciting that was a joke i guess yeah. um <laughs> But then the the game that we've both uh, played a, f- a fair amount, although you've certainly played much more than I have, yeah. is uh, Call of Duty Eight, <laughs> somewhere nine, around there, Modern no. Warfare Three. Yeah. Uh, what do, What are you thinking about that game? Um, overall, it's probably my least favorite. Uh, like the story wasn't as interesting. I don't think. Like it, it seems like the story in MW Three is just so scripted. Like if have, have you beaten the storyline yet? I have, but yeah, uh, we, we can probably try to avoid. Yeah, any I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't spoil it. But I mean, have you? you the ending yeah, I, is just, I have. Uh, anyway, but I, you know, I thought the ending was kind of cool. Um, <sighs> I don't know if you're talking about like the very, very end. Yeah. I'm talking about the beginning of the last mission. No, that um, I felt like you, you're kind of a badass in that. I, yeah, it's. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but at the end, is it so? Uh, I. I feel like that's kind of par for the course for the Call of Duty games. Mm. The thing that I always realize is that when I'm playing the single player, I'm like, oh, this is really fun. And then if you actually ask me to like specifically talk about any Call of Duty game, and I've and I've beat all of them uh, from Call of Duty 3 till now, mm. I couldn't really tell you anything about the way the plot goes. Yeah. I mean, I vaguely know the characters. I mean, everyone knows Price. That's pretty much yeah. the only character. <laughs> well, he's in every Call of Duty game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I, you know, I remember specific moments, but it's as much as people say that the storytelling is great, and even even that it's all scripted. Um, I just remember relatively enjoying myself, and then kind of forgetting about it. Um, yeah, it, it, they are enjoyable, uh, you know, single, single player campaigns. But um, but uh, what everyone plays Call of Duty for is definitely the uh, multiplayer. And what I see from the multiplayer, like the map wise. All the maps are just so clustered, and you know, when I first started, it just it was so irritating, and the spawns were just awful. But it seems like the the spawns are getting a little better. But have, have they fixed that in some updates? I'll, I I haven't played it in a, in a few weeks. Um, but actually, I find this game to be probably my second favorite Call of Duty game behind World at War, which I know is not a popular uh, opinion to have. Uh, I'm of the opinion that Modern Warfare Two is a complete piece of garbage and is the worst call of duty game multiplayer wise ever made um which i know a lot of people disagree with uh but i just think it was completely unbalanced um there's several maps specifically high rise that have some of the worst spawns in the game Mm -hmm. but with that uh speaking of spawns i do believe that at least when i was playing modern warfare 3 closer to release date it had the worst spawns i've ever seen and i don't mean that in like uh you know, I, I was getting shot a lot, so I'm really frustrated kind of way. These spawns are just terrible, and I see people spawning in front of me that I feel sorry for because, like, I've seen someone spawn while I'm aiming down my sights at them. Yeah. And it's it's just I, – I, I'm kind of mind-blown about that. I, I Did their spawn uh, developer leave and join Respawn? <laughs> 
Probably, I gotta imagine, because I don't know how you break that. Which, which it, Call of Duty was this? I'm talking about COD, COD uh, Modern Warfare 3. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, because the spawns were not great in the other Call of Duty games, but they were they were fine. They weren't broken. Yeah. I wouldn't say it. It seems like it, it. It always starts out that way, but this. It, but it I, gets a I just better. I never have seen a Call of Duty game with spawns this bad. Um, I don't know if it's something with the tactical insertion, um, yeah. but. Uh, and uh, you know, um, and speaking of Call of Duty, uh, something that I, that I'd like to bring up, I guess, a little bit, is that I feel like uh, Treyarch really gets the short end of the stick uh, from mm. critics uh, when talking about Call of Duty. Everyone kind of considers them to be Activision's B team; that the, the games that they make are not, uh, you know, as well developed or, or innovative as as uh, Infinity Ward's games. And and to a certain extent, I guess they're right. Uh, they haven't made the great kind of sweeping uh, design changes. Yeah. Although Black Ops did make several uh, unique changes to the formula, but I feel like their games have just been more polished and more enjoyable to play than Infinity Wards have. Um, what are your well, thoughts? Well, on that? I, I think uh, people's initial reaction, you know, you know, Infinity Ward did the, you know, Call of Duty 1 and 2, you know, the World War II era, and then... Uh, Treyarch did three, which was fine. Which wasn't great. Yeah, I, I mean, I, didn't, I, didn't I, I can one. admit that one was was kind of one, probably Treyarch's worst Call of Duty effort. Yeah, and then Infinity War came out with this great Modern Warfare game. You know, something that you know we haven't really seen, like a, a, a yeah, really good Cod game. Four. Yeah, and then um, uh, then here comes Treyarch again, going back to World War Two. I think people were really upset with that, and like, why didn't they keep going with the yeah, the, I, I, the Modern and, Warfare? And you know, the truth probably is that <laughs> they were probably developing that game before. Uh, you know, Infinity Ward let them know that they were going to go modern with it, right. so they they couldn't really turn back. They had a release date that they had to hit. But I I really enjoyed uh, World at War. I know you played that. Yeah, uh, I, our I group of it. friends played a lot of that game. Yeah, I think uh, that's why it's just, so enjoyable too. Is I, I think it might have just come at just the right time in our in our lives that we had a lot of free time to play yeah. and and everything. But oh man, I I I love that game. Yeah. Well. To be honest, like, well, for me personally, I, I like the World War II era, so, you know, I, I enjoyed that just as much as any Call of Duty game. Mm-hmm. But then I, uh, on the other side of what you, what you think on Modern Warfare 2, I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, it, well, again, our, a lot of our friends played that too, which helped. Yeah. But uh, Black Ops seems like everyone, out of our friends anyway, quit, but uh, I, I really enjoyed that. You know, they did yeah. a lot of new stuff with that game. and then Yeah, and, and I... I feel like people kind of stopped playing Black Ops and they moved on to Modern Warfare Three. Um, you know, I know I did. I, I I didn't find the same attachment to Black Ops as I did to to World at War. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that maybe we'll we'll make this a segment in one of our of our later podcasts because uh, I think if there's something that we can talk about the most, it's about Call of Duty. <laughs> and I think there's I think there's enough room on the internet for people who maybe want to listen about that. Um, well, well, quickly, one more thing. Like, what, what, what's your favorite thing that Modern Warfare brought to the table? To the third one. The third. Uh, I, I really do like the the restructured uh, kill streak rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they've made it more difficult to get game breaking kill streaks, which is kind of one of my biggest frustrations with Modern Warfare Two. Yeah. Is people take out Akimbo shotguns, go get you know seven kills or whatever, <laughs> then they get I don't know I forget what all these things are, yeah. but you know then they get uh, you know an airstrike and then that counts toward their chopper gunner, which counts toward their AC-130, uh, and then you know the game's over already. Uh, and I've, I have philosophical beliefs about this, and and we'll 
we'll bring that up on another episode. Okay. Uh, yeah. That should be pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I was going to say that too about the the um, kill streaks and stuff, like how it's categorized categorized in support and assault and uh, what's oh, the other one? It, uh, uh, specialist. Yeah, and uh, I I do like the the new game types, kill confirmed. And oh yeah, kill confirmed Defender. is excellent. I do wish they would have brought the wager matches back in though, like into a like a public thing instead of yeah, I, like gun game and stuff. Well, and the thing was that uh, I thought Call of Duty points was kind of stupid, um, but have, being able to play those game types in a match made mode would have been great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess that concludes our segment on uh, what we what games we've been gaming. Uh, we'll come back here after a quick break and we'll talk about some video game news. So. Uh, stay right there. This isn't a commercial break. We'll be right back in a couple of seconds on the No Business Podcast. Here on the No Business Talking About Games podcast, our top story in news is uh, is a new article on GameSpot.com uh, stating a rumor about the next Xbox that it will uh, play Blu-rays and it will block used games. What do we think about that, Shant? Well, like you were telling me uh, off-air, that I don't think they're really going to do the, the blocked used games. I mean, so many people de- like depend on used games, like people, you know, who just can't afford it. I, I think that they should just go to, well, everyone should go to, like, what EA is doing now. If you want to buy a used game, you have to have, and you want to play online, you have to buy, like, a, a code, like a $10 code. I, yeah, and and I feel like a, a lot of people support that. Um, I I personally feel kind of different about it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's hard well, to I, say. Well, I think it's better than, like, banning the whole, like, Call like our, I mean, uh, preventing you game. from playing yeah. a used game. Yeah. Well, I I just feel like uh, like if I buy a game, um, I I don't know. I, I feel personally that I should be able to resell that game. I I never do. I've got 80, 80 Xbox three hundred and sixty games sitting out. <laughs> I do sell mine. <laughs> I don't sell them all. I don't sell them ever. Um, and you know, the fact that that. Uh, that GameStop is making all this money reselling used games. Uh, you know, I'm not super excited about that. I do think that game developers and publishers should should be paid for the work that they do. Uh, but to a certain extent, the the fact of the matter is that when I sell the game, then I'm not able to play it anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is selling my, and I know it's it's really a EULA, it's a license, but I'm selling that game. I can't play it anymore, and someone else can. What I've heard people say uh, in terms of justifying this is that uh, companies like EA have their own servers that they're running. Uh, Call of Duty actually is a, is a great example where an account has all these statistics that they're they're keeping track of or uh, something else on, on a server. And so every time another person joins the server, they have a, an additional cost associated with it. The problem that I have with that is 
especially in terms of, uh, especially for EA, most of their servers I would rather they not have. <laughs> the problem with that is, uh, for example, if you try to play, I, I believe even Madden 09 has been, they've shut their servers down, and you can't get a match-made game in that game anymore. The online mm-hmm. functionality is completely broken. And there's no reason it has to be. Uh, Xbox Live runs on a on a uh, peer-to-peer uh, server structure uh, for the most part. Some games like Gears of War have... Uh, now have dedicated servers, but so there's no reason that that game shouldn't still be able to work, except that EA decided to to spend extra money and run their own servers, and then when they decided not to run those servers anymore, it broke the game. Right. Uh, that's something else that I think we can talk about on another episode. Uh, I have a huge frustration with Xbox Live, uh, yet I own an Xbox and <laughs> I pay for it every year. But that's neither here nor there. EA's um, more frustrating. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so so there's. You know this. This article also states that it's going to use a Blu-ray uh, drive, which I think is kind of a no-brainer. Yeah, uh, it's either going to be using Blu-ray or, or uh, you know, they'll be shipping games on flashcards. But I, I don't think flashcards are cheap enough or fast enough yet. So uh, Blu-ray. Are you are you ready yet for the new new consoles? Yet, I'm pretty or? excited for yeah. it. Uh, I'm. I actually want to get one of these uh, 360 Slims. Yeah. I'm still running the old one. It's it's out of warranty now. I'm just waiting for it to red ring. <laughs> but uh, after seeing some of these, uh, some of our friends have them, and they seem really nice. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd like to have one of these. It, it, yeah, it's been how long? Like six, six, seven years now since the uh, Xbox 360 was came out in 2005. 2005 yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, I I think uh, um, the 360 is kind of you know getting down and running its course, you know, and it, it, like in this article, it's talking about the Connect Two, and I was—it's yeah. like not even worth getting the Connect right now anyway, because there's no I games. I despise and, the Connect. Um, <laughs> it's good once like once they start developing actual you know games for it, not like you know, uh, just I, I honestly I could not be less games. interested in the Connect. <laughs> there's no game that you could show me that would make me want to. play Oh yeah, that. nothing now. Uh, yeah, but, but, yeah, there's not even an idea. Like uh-huh. people have said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you could do this? Don't care. Have, have, did you see the the lion lionhead? Uh, yeah, I saw demo. that demo. That, that thing that looks like sweet. crap. What? Oh. <laughs> I sorry. <laughs> I the connect is just the least interesting thing I've ever seen. Um, uh, it's the it, same thing with the PlayStation Move and the Wii yeah. and the Wii U. Well, Wii is just um, a disappointment entirely. This new so. this new Xbox uh, dashboard update with the uh, with the Metro interface. I think that kind of sucks too because it's optimized for Connect and it's basically just a bunch of ads. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry, Xbox Live just annoys the crap. Yeah, out of me. I enjoyed the one that was the, the, pro- yeah, the previous. Yeah, I would one. love the previous yeah. Xbox 360 dashboard. Um, up until then, I felt like all their updates were improvements. Mm-hmm. This one, I feel like, is a mark. I just don't like it as much. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's not that I feel like the the games that the the consoles aren't able to run the games anymore uh it's just that it'd be nice to kind of get a fresh start it'd be nice to see where people can go it's yeah. not really about improving graphics it's more about improving the amount of things they can draw on the screen yeah exactly um being able to make a game like assassin's creed and have it have run at a, you know 60 frames a second instead yep. of you know 20 to 30 yeah i want like bigger like battles in games yeah like, so like, I, like stuff like that I, I, yeah i don't de- think in any definitely way graphics would... wise too i want like improvements not, the, yeah. the graphics now are amazing but you know th- this next one should be a lot better so uh, yeah so I, i'm i'm pretty excited to to be around uh, i remember 
when the 360 and the PS3 and the Wii were coming out, and that mm-hmm. was probably the first time that I was old enough to really kind of understand what was happening. Yeah. Uh, and the, that's when I really started getting into games. Um, and it's just a really exciting thing. We, you know, this console generation has been quite long already. And uh, I'm really excited to see what this next set of consoles is going to be. Definitely. Uh, well, what else can we move on? Uh, well, here's another rumor. Uh, found this one on joystick.com that uh, Xbox or Microsoft is going to be phasing out Microsoft points. Uh, we've even got an update here at the bottom that says this rumor is not true, uh, that we cannot confirm these rumors. We are currently satisfied with the Xbox Live business model. And I think that's absolutely the case. If you mm-hmm. go on the Microsoft website, the reason they say they use Microsoft points is uh, is so that people with different uh, local currencies are able to transact business in the same way. Uh, so it's kind of like an exchange, an international exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see any reason why Microsoft would want to go back to dealing yeah, with I th- all the different I think, kinds of I think money. this is fine just the way it is. I would love if if Microsoft points exchanged in the dollars um, were you know a hundred Microsoft points for a dollar. I w- I would love that. Yeah, I pre- I think pretty much everyone would. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that'll happen. That's more what I would like than them to to phase out the points. Right. Um. Let's see what we got. We got this. Uh, yeah, we're basically just browsing the internet here and talking about stuff. We're not we're not news people. We aren't uh, ind- industry insiders, um, so we're just gonna talk about a couple relatively recent news things. Do you think it's this next Xbox? It says here that it's coming out in 2013. Do you, do you believe that? I thought I think it would be a lot or a couple years later, but I I believe, uh, you know what I what I think might happen um, is that it will get uh, possibly announced or shown. At this year's E3, yeah, they, 2012. Yeah, Sony and uh, Microsoft are going to announce something. That's what I, and, I heard. And it will either release in the first half of 2013 or at Christmas 2013. Okay. There's been this new kind of shift with people not releasing hardware in the holiday season anymore. And I think it makes a lot of sense because that way they can kind of get their production lines working. They can get they can judge demand. They can figure out how many they need to make, and then they can actually make more money over the holiday season right. when people are still giving them as gifts. Um, because the people who buy those systems right away are going to buy them right away, regardless of when they release. You know, yeah. even if they don't release um, at the holiday season, and I think it gives them a chance for their launch lineup to kind of. A lot of games are probably not going to make the launch. And they will be able to make this holiday release. Um, so I, I really would bet pretty strongly on an early 2013 release for these new consoles. Be interesting um, to see. Yeah. I guess the last thing that we'll talk about, um, which is it's sort of news, um, but the, the first maps for uh, Modern Warfare 3, Call of Duty Elite, uh, dropped, I think, uh, a couple days ago. Are you a Call of Duty Elite, uh, pr- what is it, pro no, subscriber? I'm, I'm no? not. Uh, not yet. Yes, I'm. I'm not at all. Uh, I haven't bought a Call of Duty map since uh, <laughs> World at War. It's you know, I don't know. They've seemed like pretty good maps, but I, it's just not worth that much to me to pay forty five more dollars for a game that, you know, I buy every year. I understand what it is, and to me, I kind of view each one as an expansion pack. Right. Um, but I don't really care if they add new maps to it or not. I get. You know, 15 new maps every year. I pay 60 bucks for it, and I get a single player. Yeah, I've been at least buying one map pack. You know, it's it's nice to get a little bit new. I'm definitely probably going to buy maps for Modern Warfare 3 since I'm just I'm not a big fan of the maps that they already have right now. I I think there's a couple 
couple great. Yeah, there's maps. A, there's, there's a, couple, a couple like uh, like hard hat. That hard hat's probably my favorite map. I really uh, like uh, village. Although, yeah, village is good too. You know, and, and we're going to talk about Call of Duty a little bit, <laughs> um, but. I think it's really funny that they've kind of gotten to the point where they've got all these single word names and there's like multiple maps in different games that have the same name. Yep. <laughs> uh, they're, they're really running out of those. There's only so many of those things that you can do. All right. Well, uh, that kind of concludes our pseudo news portion. I think that might be an interesting name for this, for this, uh, section pseudo news. Sounds good. Um, but there's something that you wanted to uh, to mention here before we head out and take another break. Oh yes, uh, what what is your most anticipated game uh, this coming year, 2012? <sighs> you know, I don't know. Um, I it's I don't know if it's even been announced yet. Um, I don't know if there's a game that that has been announced that I'm super excited for. I think it could be interesting if uh, if a Half Life Three were to be announced uh, and or to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, the new Call of Duty is, is probably, hasn't been announced yet, but probably will be pretty good. Um, but it's weird. Uh, it seems like, uh, for me, most of the games that I like are the kind of big blockbuster games that get released in, in the, uh, in the latter half of the year. Yeah. Um, and so I'm actually kind of still catching up on, on last year at this point, and there hasn't been anything that's been announced that I'm, that I'm super excited for. Uh, one game that I really want to play from last year that I haven't played is Saints Row the Third, uh, which I've heard amazing things about. Yeah, that's good. Um, I just have to pick that up. What game are you anticipating the most? Well, Shant Master K. Definitely. Well, definitely the new Call of Duty. You know, it, it's Treyarch's turn again, so I'm pretty interesting to see. You know, I haven't been disappointed since well, Call of Duty Three, but that's okay. But uh, but uh, definitely Mass Effect Three, which comes out in March. Uh, Mass Effect, by far, is my favorite uh, uh, game series. Uh, I know you'd hate the Connect, but what they're doing with Connect with Mass Effect Three seems pretty interesting. How you can uh, just control like your gun, like how you want to like switch out what weapon you want to use, or you can control your squad. That's pretty neat. But when I hear they're doing some voice uh, voice recognition stuff, but I don't understand why they can't just do that over the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty headset, which yeah, actually yeah. would be more realistic. Well, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not, <laughs> not gonna spend you know what whatever it is for Connect just for the game, but I don't think I'm gonna get the Connect. Maybe Connect Two if that if that yeah. rumor's true. But yeah, the the just the emotion and gameplay of uh, Mass Effect Three, you know, it really gets you uh, into the game, and um, you know, I, there's there's nothing I can I can complain about. With the first Mass Effect or Mass Effect Two, really nothing, nothing, nothing about Mass Effect One. No. no elevators that didn't bother you. No, I enjoyed the uh, elevators. And I've, the been, elevator I've been music. trying to get through. <laughs> I don't know. I think I might actually uh, kind of give up on Mass Effect One. I've got Mass Effect Two. I've had it for probably a year now, and I have not even played oh, a, you, a minute of it. Yeah, do Mass Effect full one. The like, first one. Yeah, I. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It's. That, I've heard Mass Effect Two is just so much better, and I've heard it doesn't matter it, if you play the first one. It, well. I you know if you want to bring your character into Modern that's, Fr- that's that, why I was playing yeah that that's the first one. that's what I love about Mass Effect Mass Effect two is because they you know they bring your uh, character in and you know what you what you decide can affect you know the next game and yeah you know, I it's just so much time I I end up liking to play games that are eight to twelve hours and then I can move <laughs> on. Yeah, Matt, I like to try to play as many games as I can. The first Mass Effect, I think, I put like thirty five hours. <laughs> I went to every little world and did yeah. every little you know thing. So. But yeah, that's what I like about you know RPGs just going you know time. I guess so you can just you can replay the game, and there's so much you can do within the game. So yeah, but yeah, I'm very excited for Mass Effect Three. So 
All right, well, that does finally conclude Pseudo News. Uh, we'll be coming back after this break uh, with our special feature for this episode, uh, what our favorite game was from 2011. And, and, and my rant of the week, which I guess is uh, sort of still in from the uh, Maximum PC No BS podcast. Um, but this one's about video games, not PCs or something else dumb. So, uh, well... Be prepared to hear me embarrass myself. Uh, coming right up uh, after this short break on the No Business Podcast. And we're back here on the No Business Talking About Games podcast. I'm the Wonder Waffle here with Shant Master K. And uh, we've reached the special feature portion of our podcast this week. Uh, we're going to go with what is your favorite game of 2011? And uh, Shant Master K, let's start with you. Well, like I said earlier in the, the, the podcast, uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim, definitely. Um, like I've been saying, just having being able to do whatever you want, basically, in a massive world and being a fantasy, you know, medieval type game, that's what I'm really into. And the the um, step ups they did with uh, from Oblivion, you know, you can you can dual magic now. Um, you know, the storyline itself is pretty neat, and how the dragons are really like unscripted, so they can come at any time and do whatever they want. You know, uh, yeah. So did did you play any uh, Fallout Three or Fallout New Vegas? I did play Fallout. I, I played three and New Vegas. I, I be, I've beaten both. Um, what, how do they compare, in your opinion, to uh, Skyrim? Uh, I, I think Skyrim. Well, it depends. Like Fallout Three, I liked. I enjoyed much better than New Vegas. But uh, I still say like Oblivion and Skyrim. I, I like. I like them a lot more, just because you know it's the medieval setting. But uh, I really did enjoy both of the, the Fallouts. All right. Yeah, I think uh, I I probably am going to take a pass on Skyrim and just try to finish Fallout 3. Um, the Bethesda RPGs I've heard really great things about, but the medieval setting just does not do it for me. Uh, and the idea of a, a setting of, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic wasteland does seem pretty interesting. At least I, I think I put maybe three hours into it so far. Uh, there's obviously a lot more to go. Uh, so I'll probably, maybe I'll jump back into that sometime this week. We'll see what happens. What is uh, your favorite game? You know, I I thought about this a bit. Um, I considered Batman Arkham City, which I, I think is a great game. Um, I've heard really good things about Saints Row the Third, but I haven't played it yet. Um, but I think the best game, in my opinion, in 2011 was uh, Valve's Portal 2. Uh, it just, the entire game just seems so well made and so uh, well well created and well thought out. Uh, and the gameplay is actually genuinely fun uh, through the entire game, uh, as the as is the story. That uh, the personality of the characters, the uniqueness of of the way that you kind of traverse the world, uh, these new gels that they've got. The yeah, I forget what they're called, but the the ones where you can slide on them, ones that make things bouncy, ones that mm -hmm. make uh, make the world that couldn't accept portals previously able to accept portals. 
Uh, I was a little concerned about those being added to the game. Um, I thought it was going to be too difficult to kind of, like there would be too many possibilities and it would be too hard to figure out how to make things work. Right. Um, and to a certain extent, they did. They they made it more challenging than than I thought it would be. But I think that was completely necessary because after the end of Portal 1, you've kind of figured out pretty much everything you can do with two portals. Uh, and I found myself really kind of slamming through the game's earlier levels much, much faster than I did when I played it the, when I played Portal 1. Um, and so having these new gels, I think, really ramped up the difficulty, and it made you feel really smart when you figured stuff out. Um, and so I just thought Portal 2 was just a really consistent, great experience from beginning to end. And so uh, I'd call it my favorite game of 2011. Yeah, P- Portal 2 was fun. I, I didn't get a chance to be because I borrowed it from a friend. But uh, I, I never played Portal 1, but what you're saying about the personality oh, of... Never, uh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, I feel so bad. Portal 1 is, is one of the greatest games ever made. But now that you've played Portal 2, it, it's not going to be the same if yeah. you don't play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want to get like the orange box and just play all those games. But Yeah, I, I'm working my way through. Uh, uh, I've been playing Half-Life 2 for like two years. Um, I, it's just not my kind of shooter. It, it's it's I can really appreciate it for what it is, but it's a long game, and uh, it doesn't really grip me as much as I wish it did. Uh, Portal 2 did. I, I basically played just that game for about a week and, and finished it all. Uh, I'm looking for someone to play co-op with because uh, I'd never got a chance to play any of the co-op campaign, and um, I've heard it's good. I've heard it's not quite as good as the the single-player campaign itself, but uh, so that's something I'm I'm hoping to play relatively soon as well. Uh, so, yep, that's our special feature for this episode. I think uh, in the, in the future we might have special features involving Call of Duty, uh, involving other games, uh, and you know if if anyone has any suggestions. Uh, please feel free to email us at uh, nobusinesspodcast at gmail.com, uh, where we will accept any kind of user submission, uh, listener submission, uh, literally anything at all. Uh, if you want to record a record a question, we'll play it on the podcast. If you want to write one in, uh, we'll put that, uh, we'll answer it uh, to the best of our ability. Bear in mind that we're not experts. It's our opinion, but uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can tell us how bad this is or how great you think it is. Um, but... Moving on, uh, I'd like to go into my video game rant of the week, uh, which this week is uh, regarding uh, DICE's Battlefield multiplayer, uh, which has been much revered by critics. I think that the gameplay of the Battlefield series has been great. My problem, and this is a huge problem for me, I, I don't understand why it's not a problem for anyone else, apparently, is the interface design of uh, DICE's Battlefield games. And specifically, the way that the interface acts when you are in between games in the lobby. Since, uh, I, I believe, uh, at least Call of Duty 4, you've been able to, uh, in the Call of Duty series, been able to modify your created classes, modify your preferred classes, uh, look at leaderboards, uh, invite friends, do all kinds of things in the lobby, uh, which which makes the game go faster because you're, you're actually doing things while you're waiting for the next uh, match to be made. When you play a Battlefield game, you are not allowed to make any changes to your default uh, custom class. Uh, you can look at statistics, um, but not in any anywhere near the amount of depth as the Call of Duty games. And it's just really frustrating. Uh, you can't even quit out of the lobby. You have to wait for the game to start in order to quit out, 
which makes no sense. It, it's, it causes unbalanced games because anytime anyone wants to quit and actually quit out to the menu legitimately without just turning off their box, they're going to have to wait for the game to start and then mess up the teams as they quit out. It's, it, I don't understand for any reason why anyone would want to do that. Uh, the other thing is that they seem to care so little about uh, making assigning a, a custom class that you can actually only modify your preferences for a class. One, you can't do it in between games. And two, they only made it so you can do it for the American side. So if you are playing on the opposite team, then you have to go in and, before the game starts, actually pick out what things you want in your class, Well, which in some sense is kind of the beauty of the Battlefield series, that you can pick a new kit for every uh, spawn. But your default, you can't edit. You, you end up with the basic weapons for all of it. And it's just incredibly frustrating, uh, especially because there are different weapons for the... Uh, opposing team and for the U.S. team. Granted, I believe I've heard that this is only in like the first uh, 10 or 15 levels, but it is a huge frustration for me, and it's actually limited me from getting past those levels uh, in in the game. So, you know, dice, get your act together. Make a make a interface that is actually in the in the modern age. Uh, make it at least as good as Halo, <laughs> if not as good as Call of Duty. Uh, the gameplay is great. I. I I think it's different than Call of Duty. I don't necessarily think it's better or worse, but the interface is certainly worse. And uh, that concludes the Wonder Waffles Gaming Rant of the Week. Uh, feel free to email us. Let us know what you think about that. We're trying not to shill it too much, but it'd be nice to get some feedback uh, as this is our first ever podcast. Uh, so I guess that wraps things up for us this this time on episode one of the No Business Talking About Games podcast. Uh, you have any closing thoughts for us, Shantmaster K? Uh, yeah, just like what you're saying, just give us some suggestions. We're, you know, open to anything. Uh, like, I, I, this is our first one, so just let us know. Yep. Uh, you can, I guess if you want to stalk us on Xbox Live, uh, our gamer tags are the Wonder Waffle and Shantmaster K, uh, respectively. And, uh, hope you've enjoyed listening to us on this episode. Uh, we'll be back soon with episode two. And, uh, thanks for listening. This is the No Business Talking About Games podcast, and we are out. Mm-hmm.